This week, Samsung is blanking out, Valve is going out of the house, and Amazon is headed out of this world. It's Sunday, July 18th, 2021, and this is episode 599 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or uh, Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms. That's not it. That's not it at all. There we go. Uh, Livestream.com, Twitch. YouTube, Facebook, uh, or Twitter, or on our website, PluckIt'sLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to F5Live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us uh, during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, if you can't do that, you can always subscribe by going to PluckIt'sLive.com slash subscribe. Uh, there you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plug Kids Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all of the different ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Well, we did a Monday show this week, and now we're back with a normal Sunday show. Except, we've also got Alante back, which is fantastic. Uh, so, we've got, we got a good show uh, set up for you first, Avram. How have you been since we last talked? Not not bad, not bad. Three uh, D printing a lot more stuff, <laughs> of course. As you can, as you can imagine. So, this is one my son wanted us to print. Can oh, anybody cool. tell what it is? It's the Superstar. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a it's one of the trophies trophy from version from oh, uh, either from either Mario Kart or Mario Party. I'm not sure looks, which. Looks like Mario Kart. Yeah, so cool. That's Yeah, awesome. we're going over to to visit a friend of his in like a few days and he's like, "Yeah, we need a trophy for whoever wins mm. Mario Kart." <laughs> That's cool. You awesome. got to make a base uh, or or is it like is that the entire thing or is there more going to be more? That's to the it? entire thing. Okay. But what we have to do what we want to do and I'm not crafty enough to do this but maybe my son and my wife is uh to paint it sure. uh, because uh as we know 3d printers only most 3d printers uh only print in one color right so if you want them to be colorful you've got to to paint them you gotta it's on you <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and uh, I don't know if I showed this one last week, but we oh, printed nice. another one of these creeper, the creeper block, uh, creeper Nintendo holders. So it like inside it holds oh, Nintendo that's cool. cards to give to give to his friends. So I'm gonna have to pick your brain, Avram, because I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I well, mean, it's good a fun, news. It's a fun, we did an episode on it last week for the pilch point. Yes. <laughs> we did. So that's my follow-up to anyone who was watching that and watching now is that I'm continuing to print on it. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, that's been a chunk of my week. And then as we'll talk about later, uh, Windows 11, because Blue Shell. Yeah, I was going to say, I also uh, have a, uh, a Nintendo trophy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sure does. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and then just because Windows 11 stuff continues to be big in the news and big yeah. uh, traffic getter for us at Tom's Hardware, I'm doing, uh, been doing a lot of uh, registry tweaks and hacking and stuff like that to sure. Windows 11. So that's been my week. Well, it's a good week. Alante, welcome back. It's been uh, a couple years, uh, other than the pre-show last week, for those who may have caught it live. Uh, it's been a couple of years since you've been on the show. A couple of more gray hairs <laughs> than last time. Full beard, too. Mm, it looks True. good. Uh, yeah, it's it has been it's been quite some time. And uh, I, I think uh, one of the topics that we're talking about this week really, uh, it got me excited. And uh, and I'm back down in the area now. So we were like, why not? Let's uh, let's make this happen. Yeah, hopefully we'll see uh, more of you yeah, on the let's, show. Let's see if we threw this on the wall and it'll stick. Yes. <laughs> we definitely took the time to create a three-panel graphic. <laughs> and we're going to use it. He was slaving over a hot computer to get this to work, guys. So it's hope true. you're watching. Hope you're watching. I mean pretty, that quite literally. Pretty big adjustments to uh, the studio <laughs> setup to, to pull this off. Um, but... It's, it's good to have you back. Uh, the topic he's talking about, we'll be talking about in Nifty Gifties, uh, which, no, uh, Extra Life, which is, of course, the uh, uh, new handheld console from Valve, which is a follow-up to a topic that Avery and I talked about several weeks ago when there were rumors about what they were doing, and yeah. it turns out we were totally wrong. So uh, <laughs> that'll be a, a fun topic uh, later on, but for now... Let's get down to some news. No. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately looking for an Xbox, new games, or a whole lot more, you can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost anything. And to browse the products, and of course to learn about those discounts, you can do that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, it's been a couple of years since there was a big issue in this area, but I think everybody remembers in 2018, the Galaxy Note 7 uh, debacle that was causing uh, phones to, what's the word? Explode. Uh, <laughs> and we talked at that time uh, about whether or not, and we've actually got a great article on it, about whether or not Samsung had changed its philosophy from building uh, the best products possible to a philosophy of... Um, uh, meeting deadlines uh, because there were other issues that all kind of popped up at the same time and then it went away. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing a lot of reports, particularly on online forums like Reddit, uh, talking about the Galaxy uh, S20 series of phones having screen issues. Uh, there was a video published on YouTube 
uh, back in May uh, that showed an all-white screen with weird green blotches. And he said that the problem had started a couple of months earlier with the screen flickering, having some scan lines, and then over time it turned into just this white and green weird like colored snow nonsense. The screen seems to respond to touch, um, but does not show anything of value. Since then, uh, Reddit has been flooded with people reporting the exact same behavior. Now, obviously, total speculation on what's happening here, but if you've worked in the, in the repair space at all, laptops do something similar uh, when the ribbon cable, which is often run through the hinge, uh, gets damaged in one way or another, usually from crimping, uh, which obviously is not likely inside of a non-flip phone, which these are not, um, but it could be heat that could be damaging it, which could also explain this gradual process from from working to scan lines to flickers to all white. Um, I had I had an early monitor and a laptop both do the same thing uh, based on heat, so and it wouldn't be out of the question. But it's it's definitely not great, right? This is it horrible. possible that the phones have just become just expressing their artistic side, doing a little <laughs> Jackson Pollock for you? <laughs> you know, it is a little Jackson Pollocky, and uh, and they have uh, different people do seem to have had their phones choose different colors to go to, though uh, green does seem to be the most common. This sounds pretty awful, <laughs> yeah. I must say. I mean, are there are there any hearings of people's phones returning somewhat back to normal? Nope. Ooh. As of now, nobody's phone has come back. Um, the only The only solution has been uh, screen replacements, which of course are super expensive, yep. which does suggest that it is a hardware problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not heard anybody discuss what maybe a repair person might have said about the problem, uh, and it's possible that they wouldn't have said. Uh, but I don't know. It does sound covered pretty... under warranty. Ah, see, mm-hmm. we are just mm-hmm. barely outside of one year um, on most of these devices. Uh, so that is making it worse mm-hmm. that it's happening just outside of the twelve month mark. Uh, I mean, only if you got the S twenty when it first came out, right? Right. I mean, if you if you got it more recently, then you'd still be within the right year. The people who are that are reporting uh, the issue are people who seem to have had it early on. Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean that the other ones won't do it eventually, because mm-hmm. if it is some sort of a a heat-based time thing, you know, they've got the same, you know, time bomb ticking inside their phone. Uh, it just might be ticking, you know, they just started earlier. But again, we don't know what the is problem it, is. Is it only Ultra 5G or the or all the models? So all there are there are people who have reported it with all the models, but the high-end ones seem to be doing it more. Mm. Um and uh, apparently, I, I don't have a whole lot of confirmation on this because Samsung doesn't usually talk about this stuff, but apparently the high-end models have a different uh, heat dissipation system this in this model than they did previously, um, which could al- also kind of lend some credence to the idea that it might be heat-based. 
because they they changed it and apparently are changing it back in the the next model. So maybe they discovered a problem uh, with that heat, you know, dispersion system. But they're not they're not responding to any reports on this as of right now. That's probably for the best. Yeah, honestly, it it sucks, but that's probably for the best that they hold off for now. Maybe do a little research. It does sound just from hearing what all is happening it does sound like that though like it's like it's a heat problem that's affecting the ribbon cable which maybe the ribbon cable is slowly either slipping out or just just being damaged Mm -hmm. you know um copper disconnecting or getting thinner could explain uh behavior none of it's great no um but uh we have on the website um a link to the the reddit forum um, ab- about what's happening, uh, although interestingly, that server appears to be down right now, which is interesting. Um, it wasn't earlier. <laughs> oh, a third try worked. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, you can see people talking about it um, on multiple devices, and but mostly on the higher end phones. Mm-hmm. Which obviously, that's. When it comes to, to the issues, right? It was the Note Seven that was the problem. It was the flag. It was the high end phone of the time that was the problem. Here we're seeing this more on the two upper end models. Again, affecting the most expensive devices. It's it's an unfortunate trend. I was about to say there seems to be some so kind of. So buy the cheapest. <laughs> it's definitely not a great sales pitch for them. I would say. So, so buy the cheapest. I mean, uh, last year my wife's phone uh, went and we got her a Galaxy S20, the low-end model of Galaxy mm-hmm. S20, and this hasn't happened yet. And it's been a little, I think it's been about a year since, okay. since, since she got it. So uh, this concerns me. I hope, I hope it doesn't happen because I really don't want to buy another. Even the low-end model was like 800 bucks. Yeah. So that's not cheap well if this is a systemic problem like the note 7 was it's important to note that that samsung didn't respond to uh to inquiries right away while they researched what was happening and then they came out and did a series of things none of which worked (laughs) in the end they ended up recalling all the phones replacing all the phones with something else um and then anybody who refused to send it in uh they were remotely uh, disabled, which was fascinating. That was a whole different topic for us to talk about. But uh, this doesn't seem to be a hazard, so the chances of right. remote disconnection are, are unlikely. But in this case, you know, if it is a systemic problem, you know, Samsung does have a track record of trying to fix uh, problems such as such as the Note Seven. So let's let's it, let's hope this doesn't cascade into the phones melting in your pocket or maybe it won't explode this time <laughs> like the like the the psps right oh the, yeah there was the issue with uh one batch of psps where like the battery compartment was melting or something sure was. burned some kid in class he wasn't supposed to have it in class that's a whole different issue mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um you know that we've <laughs> we've literally seen something like that happen before too so you know yeah. But but yeah, let's let's hope that what we'll see is 
if there's a systemic problem that Samsung will take care of it. And if there's not, uh, that this is an isolated situation. And despite people claiming to have never dropped them or gotten them wet, maybe there is some sort of a, a thing that they're doing kind of universally uh, that's causing the problem. We'll see. Obviously, we were going to keep uh, on top of this one because, like, I, I didn't even know that this was going to personally affect Avram. <laughs> so it affects a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people have these phones. So we'll definitely keep on yeah. top of it. Yep. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And right now, you can get a special price by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram. So you have got uh, more information on Windows 11 for us, right? Yes. So Windows 11 has become a big, uh, well, it's going to be big because, you know, it's the next version of Windows. And a lot of people have it now as an insider. And I have to admit, it has been taking up a lot of my time the last few weeks because not only do we want to see how it works, we want to see how to change the way it looks. So uh, let me share with you something something we didn't get to do when we discussed Windows 11 before it actually became available, which is to show you what it looks like. So I'm sharing my screen here, and you can see this is the default Windows 11 desktop. And the you know, first thing you'll notice if you haven't looked at Windows 11 before is that everything is centered by default. The Start menu. Uh, this is the widgets menu. Uh, you're going to you're going to see. Um, oh, I hid the task view one second. But anyway, this is what your start menu looks like. Uh, it is it shows things that you have recently used and uh, should actually sync this across devices if you have Windows running on another device. Uh, although I have found it does not necessarily doing that. But anyway. Uh, it shows the apps that you, that are pinned. Then, if you want to see all of them, you've got to click all apps and go down this list. Uh, the search function is a little bit buried here, uh, in that you, when you click it, you get this extra search menu, uh, and that's different from Windows 10, where you have a search bar on the in the taskbar that you can start typing into. Uh, the uh, but it, but the search ends up working basically the same. So if you're looking for an app, or you're looking for, uh, you know, for a document or something like that, you just search for it, and it'll also have web results. Uh, another thing that's that's new here, if we go and actually open a window, is the uh, snap capability. So if you hover over, you'll actually see this menu of all the ways that you could possibly snap this window. So let's say I want to snap it like this. And then if I had, let's say, another window, this is my virtual machine, so I don't have a lot of great stuff on it right now. But let's say I'm snapping and I want to go like this. Well, now it's going to align it like so, right? It gives me all the snap options to move these things around. 
Now, I'm going to enable the task view, which I had kind of hidden for other reasons, but shouldn't be hidden. Uh, and when you go into the task view here, you have multiple desktops, right? And if you have, and you can easily switch back and forth and each desktop can actually have its own wallpaper. So I really want this to say be my like work from home desktop and I want to switch back and forth. You can see that, oh, did I only change, did it change on everything? In this case, it changes everything. It does everything, seem that way. It act, it's not supposed to do that. There's a way of customizing. Uh, is it that I have to, oh, okay. Well, you, you have to do it in here. You have to right click and select choose background just for that, just for that one, I think will do it. Uh, and that will allow you to, to do it. But, um, so another thing you have here is the, uh, widgets, window widgets. And this is really like the MSN homepage uh, that you get when you open uh, Edge browser by default. You get all these news headlines, which are supposed to be on topics that you care about. And you can, uh, if not, you can go and change, you can go in here and you can customize what you want here, like your calendar. They recently, just this week, added this um, movie one, this entertainment one. And when you click it, it lets you buy that movie. Uh, I don't see how that, that's good for Microsoft, but I don't see how that's great for you. Um, as we said, there's going to be a new Microsoft store, but they really haven't refined it yet. And it's going to actually have Android apps in it that you can install. But let's, let's take a step back here. What do you guys think, Alante, what do you think of the new Windows 11 interface? Do you, does it, look that much different to you than Windows 10? You know, honestly, I do see the the, the differences and changes. I, I really like Windows 10, right? Um, but they seem to have really, I don't know. It's, it's like they really kind of took the time to focus on, like, what do people want to see when they hit these buttons? Or what is... What is it that people are doing when they have multiple windows open or multiple when, when they're multitasking, essentially? Um, and the snapping in Windows 10 was really nice, but it was a little chunky. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. One thing that's really cool in the snapping I should show you is that it remembers. <laughs> so, like, let's say ah. I got an email or something and I had to open I had to open a new program laundry program so let's say i did this like hey okay i'm done with the, whatever this program is get me back to where i where i was you can go back to either of these and you can see it says group and you click that it takes you back to the, the setup that you had so you can get back to your workflow if something interrupted it uh, which i think is pretty cool also if you are docking and undocking a laptop and you Pull, and let's say you, you dock to a multi-monitor setup, you pull your your laptop out of the dock, it's going to minimize the windows that were on the secondary screens rather than trying to transfer them over to the main screen. And then when you plug in again to the dock, if you haven't moved those windows, they'll pop up on the secondary monitors again. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but what do you think of the start menu specifically? 
Yeah, I was curious about your take on the start menu. I think the start menu looks great, per- personally. Like, I do like... I like how it looks. I don't like where it sits. <laughs> uh, I know. So let me show. Let me show you a couple of hacks. Okay. First of all, built into Windows 11. Uh, so this isn't even really hacks; just a setting change. If you taskbar settings, you you got to click under taskbar behaviors, and there's alignment, and you can align it left. So that takes you back to a more standard position. That's right, of left. That's important. And one of the things that people may not have noticed in in that was something that Microsoft in the past has not been great about, and that's been transitions, particularly from state from like setting state to setting state. Mm-hmm. When you did that, everything slid. Mm-hmm. It didn't just disappear in one place and appear in another. There was this nice sliding animation that happened as they moved yes. back to the left. It's those types of things that I think they've really focused on this time. Um, you know, little little details. Little you know, we've seen that. Thankfully, the volume and media control panel is changing finally. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's in place yet, but I we know that it's coming. You know, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's. I mean, I don't see it as being really this being that that much that much different no. than the Windows 10 one. I mean, no, but it's just the, cosmetic. The thing, yeah. the thing that when you're like playing a track and you change the volume and it pops up in the top left corner, it's all still very Windows 80. Um, even now, yeah. it didn't even match the Windows 10 aesthetic. They didn't update that. Those were the little things about Windows 10 that seemed to be problematic because. They were hurriedly trying to get away from Windows 8, and a lot of stuff stayed behind. But in this case, it does seem like, you know, they're looking at those little details. There's no square box in the top left corner when you adjust the volume. Uh, when you're changing desktops, you know, when you when you clicked on that button, the desktop tabs were at the bottom, not the top. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to yes, click at the bottom a, to start it and then click at the top to change them. You know, just yes, those is, types of little things. That is a big improvement. But let me sh- let me show you something. I personally don't like the start menu, uh, and why I don't like it is it's bigger. It's bigger and seemingly has well, I don't know if it has fewer icons, but it's a lot bigger. So this I measured it, and it's about a hundred pixels, at least on this 1080p resolution desktop here. At 100 pixels taller than the Windows 10 start menu, that, and it makes you click more, right? Because instead of scrolling, you have to click here to get to get all apps. Which, by the way, there's a lot of wasted space here. Uh, and I hate the search function because the only way to get, I mean, you could just hit Window S and you you'll get your menu. So I guess in that respect, it's not that many more clicks or any more clicks. But you don't have, you can't get the box down here. You have to click this. If you click into something that looks like a box, it just takes you there. So the start menu has a search box on it. Like, oh wow, I can I don't have to leave this. You click it, it just launches the other one. It's a fake it's a fake box. Um, and and so, that doesn't even match the thing I, I was just talking about with like the animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a hard jarring transition. Yeah. Yes, from the start yes, menu to you, the search. They're they're hoping you don't notice um, that you actually are in a different menu than you thought you were in. 
So it's a different size that moved to the right. <laughs> yes. I will say this though. They're hoping that you're too busy typing. Maybe you're yeah. a, a, a hunt and peck typist who's looking down at your keyboard. So I installed this program called OpenShell. There's a couple of different programs. Um, and what it does is it gives you a more um, classic start menu. Interesting. Now, That's the first time that I've seen uh, uh, UAC dialogue. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, for just in in your life, or from or or me. <laughs> no, Windows Eleven. Uh, that was the first Windows Eleven uh, UAC I've seen. Yeah, it's a long story, but I used to always turn it off, and then mm -hmm. I got a lot of criticism from people for writing to say you should turn it off. So I have now decided that I will always leave it on. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> right now you'll see it's not doing anything, right? because yeah. you have to actually go into the open shell settings uh here you can choose your style oh, wow. of um but they're all windows 7. Mm -hmm. uh there's a, there's some other programs out there there's one called start ken and there's one called start is back plus plus that cost money and do the same thing uh and maybe look a little more polished both of all of them are sort of windows 7 style but still a lot more compact if you want to just replace the start button they don't have an easy way for you to replace it with one that looks like windows 10 or, or windows 11 so you can try and upload your custom icon but then you end up with this thing that looks like a celebration of shell gasoline um so in the menu that you can kind of configure but but what if what if you want this to look a bit more like windows 10. well there's a registry hack you can do and I have detailed all of this in an article that I have on Tom's Harder right now called How to Make Windows 11 Look and Feel Like Windows 10. So there is this registry key, uh, local machine software, Microsoft Windows, current version shell update packages. I'm sure you'll remember that. Uh, <laughs> undocking disabled is the name of the, of the value for some reason. Change it to one. Um, now you got to restart which will only take a second. And you're going to see what happens, which is um, that I'm going to get a Windows. A, you'll see, you can see I'm running this in VMware Workstation, so it's not my actual computer. Um, but I do have Windows 11 running on my actual laptop. So if I go and I open this up, take a second for it to boot, you're going to see that I have a completely different looking taskbar that Microsoft probably would not want me to have, but they left this little hack in there. <laughs> uh, and this, it's these sorts of things that I, I kind of live for because it's finding the stuff you're not supposed to be able to do, or, mm -hmm. you know, it's a secret uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, is kind of a, always, always a thrill for me, although I can't say I found it more like I saw people doing it. Uh, I, I was following forms. So, so here, so here you have a windows, you, you have the windows 10 style taskbar. And now if I want this to look like windows 10, I can, if I go to the settings, not replace the start button because it puts this here anyway. And now I have my windows 10 start icon. More importantly, you'll see here, it says lock the taskbar. I'll unlock it. 
I can drag it around. You cannot Interesting. do that yeah. on Windows 11 natively. It does not allow you to move the taskbar. So, um, so that's uh, so that's a trick. Now, the um, something to know about this is that this doesn't work. This task view button doesn't work properly, and you should hide it because when you try to do it, it actually causes the bar to crash a little bit, uh, and the search button does not. However, if you want to search, there is a search right in your right here in your in your start where I think it belongs. So, um, so it's uh, you know kind of a neat way, and you can see that it eats up a lot less screen real estate. I think it's like two or three hundred pixels less vertical, and I just want a more humble start menu that gets me to to what I need to do. Now. You'll also notice there's a little, where's my, where'd my clock go? When you make this change, your clock disappears, but you can get it back permanently by running, by going to this control panel here. And then you turn your clock on and your volume on and your network thing, on, your network stuff on. And now, now we're back in business, right? So, um, so that's my big, uh, that's my big, make Windows 11 look like 10 uh, trick. It also brings back a couple other things, which is the expo file explorer now has ribbons in it. Uh, you may have noticed that the Windows 11 version of this was really stripped down and didn't show you most of your options. Uh, it also shows you the full context menu when you right click on things. Whereas in Windows 11, by default, you get a limit of your top seven right click, uh, right click options. And then you have to click show more options to see them all. So what do you guys think? Do you like the hack better or the original? It, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Obviously, Windows 10 and this interface is the one that we're currently familiar with. It's the one that you know, there's a half a dozen computers in the studio running Win 10 that all look that way. Mm -hmm. So you know, changes is always hard, but... I, there are definitely problems with the Windows 11 overall UI that I'm struggling with. Um, and the weird amount of of unused space is certainly one of them Yeah, uh, that I'm struggling with hard. So this is definitely a nice change. Oh, hey, Abram's I, back. I, I just feel I, like... I, I just we cut out for like a second. We, oh, we did out. Oh. I just feel like we, um, they, they're, I feel like Windows is sort of like Star Trek, original series Star Trek movies, right? It's like every other one is good. So now we're on the odd number. Now we're on the odd number Windows, Windows 11, and we've got a problem because this is the same thing that happened. I think this is, I mean, think about this. If you go back. Uh, people liked Windows 95, at least I liked it. Uh, I think they kind of liked 98, so maybe that's all right. Windows Me, horrible. Windows XP, beloved. Windows Vista, hated. Windows 7, because it was a reversal of Vista, loved. Mm -hmm. Windows 8, wait a second, we're just going to get rid of the Windows and make it Microsoft Window and, uh, and do everything <laughs> on the screen. Hated. Uh, Windows 10 brings back all the things that you liked about Windows 7. Mm -hmm. Loved. 
Windows 11 trying to compromise, but what it's doing is something that Windows 8 did, which is is which is lowering the information density. We want to spread things out, more room between icons, a bigger start menu. At least it doesn't take up the whole screen like Windows 8. Uh, and we're going to make you click more times because we, I think there's a design philosophy here that we're trying to design for non-power users. We're trying to make it easier for them by putting less information on the screen at once and using more white space. Uh, I don't like that. Give me, let me pack my stuff in there. Thank you very much. All of, uh, all of your so, useful stuff, yeah. Yes, let me pack all my useful stuff in there at once. I don't need the navigation, like the start menu, to be the star of the show. My work should be the star of the show, the programs that I'm using, not uh, Microsoft's interface. So, um, I want to see more information without clicking. I want to have fewer clicks to, to get to what I'm doing. And I want to be transported away from what I'm working on less. So this is why Windows 8, I think, was people hated it. When you think about it, the amount of clicks that you had to do to get to something wasn't mm -hmm. really any different, right? If you hit the Start button in Windows 8, you got a full screen Start menu and you had to click a tile. Uh, it is no more clicks than this than the start menu and other uh, windows is where you click to open the start menu and then you click again to on your icon still two clicks uh, but the fact that the start menu covered the entire screen over and sort of took you away from what you were doing was annoying and i feel like that's this is this is sort of like that i mean at least doesn't cover the whole screen but it it's trying too hard to have you focus on the UI and less on just trying to get you to where you're going. Yeah, I, I can see that. Mm -hmm. um, Same. And, uh, you know, personally, I, I'm good with, with full context. In fact, this computer over here has Windows 10 set in full screen start mode. But... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I totally understand the idea, you know, the the, the visual switch uh, being jarring, because it can be, for sure. Um, and they've taken that away, but they haven't taken away the, the, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely am with you, Abram, on the idea that uh every other windows is almost like a trial run <laughs> right yeah you know it's like they're they're trying all of these new things and, and the next one they fix them and the next one they fix them they they <laughs> yep. everybody's happy <laughs> so yeah yeah i kind of wonder i i feel like we're at the point with windows 11 they should give us just a lot of options to make it look and function how we want it to but in a simple way. And that's, I know that's difficult. I'm just saying this as a, you know, a person who doesn't do any of that. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it is difficult. I think that they, because you can see third party utilities that do it. So if Microsoft wanted to, they could give you more options. I think that it's a somewhat about branding, right? Like, oh, we don't mm. want people to make it, to make it look too much like Windows 10 because then they won't know that they won't see the difference. Right. So they're trying to make sure that you see that this is their new new vision. 
allow us to make make it make like a hybrid then you know there are obviously some things that we like about windows 11 there are some yeah. things we really love yeah. about it you know it's just yeah. some of these decisions that they're making are questionable so let us take it a step back yep and it's it's I mean, that's why people like linux right 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 it's a little bit of that that uh that uh, iOS versus Android conversation that we've had many times over the last decade, right, Avram? Where, you know, Android, you could do just about anything. You And we're going to take out the app stores and all that stuff. We're going to talk on the operating system. With Android, you can do almost anything you want. Alante and I have the same phone, and they don't look the same. <laughs> Not at all. Right. <laughs> um, but if we both had an iPhone, whoop, they look the same. Got to ask Daddy Apple to do everything. Exactly. And this, this yep. feels a little bit like they're adding some of that restriction. Not being able to move the taskbar? Weird. I don't understand why people do. And I don't care. Same. It's not my... That's the thing. It's not my <laughs> place to try and understand it. Right, right. Exactly. Like, I, I like it at the bottom, but why why wouldn't you let people put it at the top? There's another right, right. hack, which I... There's another hack, by the way, which I encourage folks to go to tomshardware.com to see these, that just lets you move the taskbar to the top. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like the Windows 11 taskbar and and uh, you don't want to get into hacking it to have the Windows 10 taskbar, which I admittedly is a little bit of a risky move uh, <laughs> because I'm sure they'll break it in a future update, <laughs> the you, there's another registry hack that puts the start menu, the regular, I mean, the taskbar on the top of the screen. But it's not really meant to be used. So some things like, I think when you're changing the volume suddenly appear in the lower right anyway, anyway, because mm -hmm. it's not really, it's not really supported, but I do appreciate them. I do appreciate them making these things difficult because we can get a lot of uh, people to read articles because of it. So I'm, I'm always, I always appreciate bugs uh, or, or limitations like this. Mm -hmm. However, every week they seem to be issuing a new, uh, window build and then i have to go back and test all the hacks to make sure they still work because uh, rather than uh -huh. adding more hacks they seem to be taking them away yeah there was there was a whole a whole list of things that that disappeared in a build that came out a couple of days ago that that i heard about yeah so. yeah yeah there was actually an option in the first preview to get the windows 10 start menu the real windows 10 start menu mm -hmm. which has tiles and everything back just with a single registry entry and they killed it uh in the in the second preview build so gotcha. sad 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 to say um mm -hmm. now all i'm going to say is um you uh we have we're covering this daily we have some major articles on this on tomshardware.com so please check us out because this is my life my life lately is tracking these things hanging out on sites like win arrow and 11 forum where right. there are a lot of people exchanging this type of information because it's really hard to figure out when there's a new registry hack i've also spent many hours just trying things to see if i can find one <laughs> so anyway that doesn't um, sound terrifying yeah. at all yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but uh come uh come check it out uh you know, and you may find something that you can change in Windows 11 that you didn't like, or just have read our article on how to install it, or how to install it in a Windows virtual machine so you can play with it 
like I'm playing with it now without risking anything, any of your uh, real apps and data. <laughs> and on that topic, I am working on doing a thing about converting a non-supported computer into a supported computer with a TPM chip. Uh, as soon as it arrives, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know how all of that goes. Because I have, I have a Great. computer in the office that's mention, one generation out. I should mention that uh, when I use the ISO file, mm -hmm. I'm curious for you to try this because I've mainly done it in a virt virtual machine. But when I installed it from the ISO file that did a clean install, I installed on machines that had none of the requirements. I was, and it didn't give me any error. Uh, so I installed it on a virtual machine that had two gigabytes of RAM, no TPM and no secure boot, and it didn't give me a single error. So rather than doing the upgrade uh, install, I suggest that you see my article on how to do a clean Windows 11 install, which explains okay. how to download the ISO file, and then you can and and try that because you may not need the TPM chip. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. At least for now. I mean, yeah. ev eventually for real, you probably will, but. Sure. Uh, at least for now, I think that works. Very cool. Well, I'm going to check that out personally <laughs> and uh, and see if I can make that work. And then once that TPM chip shows up, which who knows when that'll happen, mm. uh, I'll do a follow-up <laughs> on uh, that experience as well. As always, Avram, thank you. Because for me, the only, the only systems that I have that aren't mission critical that I'm willing to uh, do this on uh, are not supported. So I have been relying on you, my friend, and I know others are as well. So thank you for that, and uh, I cannot wait to see what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. You get it delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from a friend every month. And you can learn more right now about the crates that are available by going to f5live.tv slash loot crate. So we teased this at the top of the show. Um, this week, we got some news about what Valve's plans were in the console world a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, the CEO, uh, Gabe Newell, had made comments during a panel that they had plans in the console realm, and that was the extent of what he said, other than we would learn more later. It is now later, and we know that those plans are not bringing the store to another platform, working with Microsoft on the Xbox, which was um, a pretty strong rumor that was out there. And then it was, uh, it was the fuel was added to that fire when Microsoft said that uh, they were hoping to bring the Steam store to the Microsoft store on Windows 11. Uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> Instead of 
teaming up with somebody they are going against Nintendo. They announced a new console, the Steam Deck, which is not to be confused with the Stream Deck, which is currently in my hand right now from Elgato. It is definitely a horrible name because uh, it's going to be confusing and Elgato will certainly make sure they know. Um, but for now, the Steam Deck is essentially a Nintendo Switch that had a baby with the ill-fated Steam machines and uh, birthed a portable gaming PC. Now, we've seen portable gaming PCs before uh, at CES 2020. Um, we were invited to see the Alienware something prototype. Can't think of the name now. Yeah, I can't think of it either. Um, that was interesting. Uh, if you spend any time on the uh, Chinese knockoff sites like Wish or Alibaba, you'll see that there's tons of them on there, but uh, none of them are quite this. Uh, what Steam has done is they've taken uh, some decent-ish hardware put their Steam OS, which was made originally for the Steam machines that never hit the market, um, and made a portable gaming PC. Uh, conceptually, it seems uh, real, real sound. Um, I know we got excited about it as soon as the announcement happened. Mm -hmm. um, Alante already has a pre-order in for one. Uh, but... When did they say it's shipping? Ah, see, that's one Good of the questions. things. Good question. So the uh, they were they were slated to uh, to ship December. What was it? The end of December of this year. Yeah, December twenty twenty one is all they said. Um, however, <laughs> as uh, as pre orders stacked and as the website choked, that it got pushed back to. As far as Q4 of 2022 right now. Oh, so then it's gotten even or further. Q, Q3. Q3. Okay. Sorry, sorry. As of last night, it was yeah, Q3 so was 2022. Someone... Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But people who already have pre-orders in seem to have other dates based on when they put their pre-order in. So, yeah. so his pre-order lists Q1 of 2022, 2022, which could be as early as just a couple of weeks after launch. You know, if it's the beginning of January, but it could also be the end of March yep. to be Q1. So, but I mean, they're taking pre-orders right now that may not ship for a full year after the initial launch. So that's intense. Kind of bananas. Yeah. I, I mean, at that point, won't the hardware be outdated? Ah, interesting you say that. <laughs> so let's talk about said hardware, shall yeah. we? Um, it's actually one of our concerns. So the system says that it has a 1.6 teraflop GPU, which is right between the capabilities of the Xbox One S and the original PlayStation 4. Um, the Xbox One X had a 5.8 teraflop GPU, and the PlayStation 4 Pro had a 4.0. And it's important to note that other than the Steam Deck, all of those devices have been discontinued in favor of more powerful hardware. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. 
it really... By the way, uh, did you note that this is an AMD, a custom AMD Zen 2 yeah. APU? Yes, yes. So, so that's... Zen, that's Zen 2, so it'll run Windows 11. <laughs> yes, it'll run Windows 11 if you... It's going to come with Steam with the Steam OS though. So, mm -hmm. but I'm sure one of the first tutorials people will do, and I would be excited to do this one, will be how to install Windows 11 on it. Right? They they say themselves that you know you are welcome to install Windows and you know give yourself more access to, mm -hmm. you know whatever you need from from Windows. I mean, 16 gigabytes of RAM is good. Yeah, uh, and uh, you. If you get the at least the two fifty six gig model, then you get a uh, you get with NVMe SSD. So that would be um, so that would be good. The entry model uses sixty four gigabit gigabytes of EMMC memory. Mm -hmm. So not clear whether the entry model will be upgradable, but the second the two fifty six and five twelve apparently are we reported on this and Tom's hardware this weekend are socketed so if you can oh, open okay. it interesting you should be able to replace the ssd uh although apparently it is um slightly shorter it's like an 80 was it 88 30 uh size instead of the like most are 80 millimeters mm -hmm. but this is the 30 millimeter which you can buy but they're just less common okay so it's just important to so know. So you yeah. could theoretically upgrade. You know, we won't say for sure you can do it until you we get one. Until we have one in our hands. See whether, mm -hmm. see it, how easy it is to take apart. But you, it seems like you might be able to upgrade it. Mm -hmm. That makes it not a terrible regular PC. Yeah, right. and it, right. when you take into consideration that SteamOS does have a full desktop experience... Uh, it looks a lot like Windows 10, sure except does. the Steam OS icon, which is looks like the Discovery Television Station logo, uh, replaces the Windows logo on the Start button. But other than that, it looks very similar to Windows 10. Even the date and time are stacked on top of each other in the same way. Um, so, I mean, it's got a full desktop experience. It is designed specifically to be able to be dockable, like the Switch. Mm -hmm. You could dock it to a television or to a, a monitor uh, with a keyboard and mouse. Uh, we, in their in their press images, there are uh, two fighting sticks uh, connected to it at once, which is a little silly because the fighting <laughs> sticks are about eight times larger than the screen on the device. But that's fine. Uh, it's it's the idea that counts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it does mean that two devices are connected to it at once, which means that either there's multiple ports or since it's got USB-C, uh, you could put a, a hub on it. However they're, however they're accomplishing it, it means that you could keyboard and mouse, you could hook it to a monitor, you could use it as a computer, you could use it as a gaming computer, you can disconnect it and take it with you uh, and continue to use it as a computer, as a gaming computer, which is, is you know, a benefit to it that the Switch doesn't have... Um, it does obviously at its uh, what six fifty nine upper price point mm -hmm. definitely uh, makes the price of the switch, which is uh, less than half of that, a bit attractive. But you know, they're definitely aimed at different people. It's a it's a buff switch. 
right? Yeah. You know, like, I think that is the angle that they're going for is not everybody loves the switch, but a lot of people kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's hard not to love the switch, but it's, it does have an obvious lack of power, you know, um, which is why we were hoping for the switch pro. It's not what we got, but it's okay. I mean, we got a good doc. Um, but, (laughs) 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 um, but that's cool. I think you might be muted there, bud. Yeah, I think you are muted. I was going to say, you get your Luigi. Like, that's what people want from their... That's what people want from their Nintendo Switch. They want cute Nintendo IP, right? True. Uh, And that's what what makes the Switch and its, you know, inherent lack of power Mm -hmm. uh, acceptable and addressable is the fact that Nintendo knows that their bread and their bread is buttered with their existing successful IP, their own jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this is true. Exactly. Whereas so this with, is a different a different market. Yeah. yeah, and you know, with Valve, sure, their their bread definitely can be buttered with their own jam, right? They've got they do have Portal and Half Life mm-hmm. and. Uh, Left for Dead and things like that. They, you know, they do have their own in-house IP, but it's not the vastness that is Nintendo's. They're definitely going to have to rely on, you know, the compatibility of other games, which of course was one of the big concerns that we addressed when the Steam machines were first announced. Was that only Linux compatible games were going to work, which was eight and a half percent of the catalog at the time, which wasn't gonna work that i i said right then and there this is gonna cause problems um and in the in the time since you know the disaster that was the steam machines um they were they have worked on i think it's called the steam bridge which allows um a majority of windows designed games to run on linux through something I don't know or care about the technology. <laughs> what I know is that the lag isn't terrible. It exists, but it's not terrible. Um, it's certainly not, uh, you know, Windows 10 running on the Samsung Arm laptop that I am pretty sure if Abram had had the opportunity would have smashed over a desk. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the win. I hate. I hate Windows on Arm. I mean, I like. I, I think it's fine, but it's been terrible. I can hear the passion. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when he talked about it, when he had that, that first one, I, you could just see the rage in his eyes. <laughs> and and it, that's not here. That's not what we're looking at here. Um, we're looking at a different emulation technology that seems to work better, maybe more similar to how the Microsoft Bridge, which is almost certainly what's powering uh, Android apps on Windows 11, uh, works. Um because they built the Microsoft Bridge a couple of years ago for Windows 8. Um, it probably is something more like that, which is great. Uh, it adds a little bit of lag, but not a lot. Um, and it's upping that 8.5% significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Valve says uh, almost all the games in the catalog will work. A vast majority, I think, was the, something like the exact that. quote. And based yeah. on what they've said about the bridge in the past, I think they said that about 3% of games don't run through the bridge. So that's 97 instead of 8.5. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
that's a much better experience. Yeah. Um, you brought up the topic of other places where lag might be introduced into the system, though. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people, anybody that's watching that knows me, they know I love fighting games. Um, and uh, there are a lot of people out there who like uh, first-person shooting shooter games as well. And there's a, a huge importance in both of those genres in particular when it comes to input lag, even if it's one frame, two frame, three frames, all of that is extremely important in both of those uh, genres. So when you introduce new points of failure, you know, or, you know, these new or uh, uh, more connections that you, you have all of these points, these choke points that can introduce lag. So we're going from, I'm going to be playing the Stream Deck or Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm going to be playing the Steam Deck. That didn't uh, take long. Uh, I tried so hard. <laughs> I'm going to be playing the Steam Deck 100% docked. That's how my, how I play my Switch as well. Um, but, you know, Steam Deck on dock, HDMI out to, uh, out to your TV slash monitor or whatever. Um, I wonder... With with this setup, how much lag is going to be introduced, or do do, do they have some kind of uh, system in place to mitigate that? That's it's definitely a concern. Yeah, because um, you know the video runs over USB C, USB C, yeah, which means that there's some sort of conversion in there from USB C to HDMI. Well, is to it DVI. alternate? Are you you sure it's not alternate mode? Say that differently. I don't know what that means. Alternative mode in USB-C? Uh, which, is, which is the thing where HDMI runs natively over USB-C? Yes. Yes. It almost certainly so, is. But um, from what I understand uh, from people in the uh, fighting game community in particular, uh, even that can add a couple of frames. Um Either in the cabling or something. Yeah, I've never I, heard that. Yeah, I I've done very little research on it. I'm not gonna lie; it's not my it's not my bag. It's it's more Alante's over there. Um. <laughs> I, I'll, and I'll say this: uh, some people that I've talked to about this uh, d- during this short stint uh, about those concerns, they kind of agree that it's more likely not going to be a concern. That, but it could be. But it could be. It's it's Got just it. something something out there um, that I I definitely want to test when it comes out. I want to make sure that people who know their people who know their stuff, such mm-hmm. as you, uh, will probably see the difference. I might see the difference. I would probably not. But you know, we recently interesting thing I just I recently learned, and maybe you guys knew this already, but the maybe some of our uh, viewers didn't that. CR, if you're doing emulation and you're using like uh, either a retro console or you're using actually an original console, old console, and you want to avoid lag, you need a CRT television. Uh-huh. Then apparently yep. the conversion to get it onto an HDMI device, HDMI screen, yep. you lose a little bit. And I didn't know that. We had recently hired up to eight hardware, frames, I think I read. Depending on the device, you can Someone have who does retro gaming. And she made a big point about how 
she had to go out and get a CRT television yep. to have the best experience. And I was yep. really surprised to hear that. I, w- I watch a lot of uh, speedrunners who um, have to, they, they can't use emulate emulation in a lot of spaces. They have to use the actual original hardware. And I also watch a lot of people play old fighting games and stuff. And it's, it's the same, exactly the same, you know, people who play smash brothers, melee tournaments and stuff like that. Like, they were actually the reason why CRTs were selling like crazy and becoming so expensive for a while is because tournament organizers and stuff were gobbling up CRTs as much as they could by the hundreds, you know, for these tournaments so that people can play them optimally. Yeah, that is absolutely a thing. Fascinating. And that's no one has found a workaround, right? It's it's one of those things that I would never have have considered. Um, it's because those couple of frames, you know, if you're playing Mario, unless you're doing speed running, are far less important yep. than if you're playing Street Fighter, where every frame's important. You know, something like that. So I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about it, but yeah, it's it's definitely a topic that I've seen out there. And here's here's another bit about all of that um, fighting game jargon and all that is a lot of tournament organizers have been kind of pressured to um, go to PC for, for tournaments, but that's, they would have to, again, buy these PCs by the hundreds, which is extremely expensive. And then the steam deck shows up and now this is, you know, half the price uh, almost of, uh, you know, gaming PCs out there. And so now you now we're kind of being thrown a new variable. It's like this actually might be uh, an affordable option for tournament organi- organizers to buy by the hundreds to, you know, satisfy to, these, to these a audience, new audiences. Because yeah. some games so- um, don't don't run the same or fighting games I'm speaking of in general don't run the same on console as they do on PC. Some, some of them have more, uh, more lag on PC. Some, some of them have more lag on console. Sure. So, you know, this is why I talk about it. That that makes sense. Don't, don't, if you think this is a good deal, don't you think somebody should come out with, or maybe one could easily build, uh, a system like this that wasn't portable and didn't have a screen, like then it would be a lot cheaper, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or, or is that what the Steam Box was? <laughs> yeah, those Steam machines were. A, I, it, it is what those were. It is what they were. Steam Box is what we all thought it was going to be called, and we were wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have articles calling it the Steam Box right up until they made the announcement. Um, cause I was, I was looking at all of our old articles on the topic, uh, and we called it steam box right up until they made the announcement and Nick was pissed at the name. Uh, <laughs> like we've been calling it this for months. Just go with what we've been saying. Some people were like, why didn't they call it the steam boy? Oh yeah. Because, because Nintendo would be harder to fight against than <laughs> Elgato for a bad name. This is true. They're already, you know, this is already a direct competitor to the Switch, yeah. right? We so. don't we don't need to also try and uh, riff on their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, one, one of the other things that uh, we were talking about the last couple of days uh, around here has been 
um, controller drift, which has been a yeah. huge problem on the Switch. Less so, but not zero on other consoles over the years. But of course, the big difference is that on all of those devices, you have the ability to replace the controller. Mm-hmm. On yeah, this one, you that. don't. They are hard part of the body. Yeah, that uh, that's that's rough. I was just thinking that myself because we have that problem with my son's right. Switch. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's 80 bucks to replace those, but at least you I've can. I've got the problem, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had the problem yeah, on two so, Pro Controllers also. Oof. Very expensive. Yeah, so that... that that is a serious that is a serious problem, and that is something where Nintendo was very wise in how they built their system. Because yeah. I, look, is there such a thing as a controller that lasts forever? Pro- no. Probably not, because they get beat up and they get dirty and whatever. So you should probably and there's moving parts plan mm-hmm. for something. Yeah, GameCube controllers come pretty pretty close though. <laughs> Those <That's> things <laughs> are really hard to destroy. I have seen people at tournaments chuck them at televisions and the TV breaks and the controller doesn't. It's impressive. <laughs> He's not lying. He's not lying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would it's, be nice if they built if they if they built that in. Yeah. The ability yeah. to replace the joystick. Now uh, you will they, be able to use you know external what? controllers. Yeah. Um obviously we saw a USB powered controller in, in a lot of photos, but they also yeah. talk about how it's it's got Bluetooth built in. So you should be able to use the second gen Xbox One controller all the way up through the current and the PlayStation uh, Four yeah, but if and you're five buying it, controllers. You're buying it for right. For you're buying it itself. to do like the form factor. So Absolutely. if it stops working, then you're going to yeah. be annoyed. Now exactly. They, and now that's they, the thing. They were asked asked specifically about drift issues, and uh, they they said that they've put a lot of research and thought into. Uh, uh, preventing that type of thing from happening but you know we'll see how yeah. how well that goes because i know me i'm going to i'm going to go ham on it <laughs> so you know we'll we'll see how long it takes for that for it to show up if it does which is of course the step above going turkey <laughs> unexpected thank you um so so obviously like we said uh we have one on pre-order uh, and so uh, we'll talk about the whole experience of of the pre-order to delivery process when that finally does happen, when it happens. Uh, it's certainly something, based on their delivery timetable, clearly they've sold more of these than they expected. Um, so perhaps they will they'll pull a Nintendo and figure out a way to up production because um, we know the Nintendo Switch did the exact same thing and they... Sure ended did. up putting together more production lines to be able to make more of them. Maybe we'll see the same thing out of them. But there's no telling. Uh, we will definitely uh, we will definitely be documenting that experience um, as well as all of the first hands-on experiences um, here in the studio as as Alante deals with <laughs> all of those things when Hopefully he finally gets one. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope not. It's not an inexpensive device for sure. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. 
a fight threat that traditional antivirus software can't stop, and actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, and more. You can use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Now, last week we talked about the uh, the uh, executive order that covered uh, ISPs, and in particular, trying to bring more variety and choice to consumers, particularly in places like apartments and condos that have uh, their internet connections locked to a particular provider. And one of the solutions that I had mentioned last week was Starlink. Um, which is currently in beta to about 10,000 users and hopes to be uh, fully functional nearly globally by the end of August. Um, But of course, with something like that, there will always be uh, competitors there as well. And uh, Amazon, that has had uh, a project in the pipeline for a little while, uh, signaled their seriousness to bring that project to life by purchasing um, a cluster of satellites from Facebook who had um, released them in 2018 as part of an internet connection test. Uh, Facebook has said that they had never intended to be an internet service provider. This was part of a connectivity test uh, for a series of you know, research and development projects. The idea of putting satellites into space in a small constellation as R&D is strange, uh, as it's very expensive to do, but here we are. Uh, They have seemingly gotten out of whatever R&D they were working on, and now Amazon owns them uh, as part of the initial launch of what will be a direct Starlink competitor, which means that since the FCC put uh, regulations in nearly 20 years ago that allows for people in apartments and condos to put uh, satellite dishes on their, on their property, uh, it does give in the future a, another uh, satellite-powered internet provider. And I'm not call- considering HughesNet because, oh my God, that's expensive for nothing. Uh <laughs> Uh, Starlink is like appropriate speeds at, you know, a payable price. And this project from Amazon is supposed to be the same thing, but they don't intend to start firing rockets with, uh, satellites on them into space until 2023. So it's not going to be a quick turnaround on this, which isn't unexpected, right? Because anything that's custom satellite based is not... An inexpensive or short-term project, except apparently for you mean Facebook. Jeff Bezos can't just drop one out the window later this week, right? <laughs> Maybe a couple, but certainly Bye, not someone? an entire, <laughs> certainly not an entire constellation all at once. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he'll bring three or four with him and uh, drop them off quietly. Like, hey, look, hi NASA, look over there. Ooh, satellite. I just got a pocket satellite here. Here you go. <laughs> They don't even have uh, they don't even have a pilot. Just, uh, just no one can tell him not to do it. <laughs> this is true. Well, there right. you go. You right. <laughs> uh, do you do you think this so, is the beginning of a new trend, Abram? 
I think the problem, so it would be nice if it were, but remember that people who live in condos and apartment buildings are constrained very often not by the difficulty of actually getting a wire laid to them. And, and, I mean, that's one problem and someone in a, home, in a house in a remote location or a location where you only have an ISP, only one ISP could do that. Right. But very often it's kind of a corrupt condo board situation. Uh, that was certainly the case when I, li when I lived in a condo that we wanted to get Fios, but when we said, hey, we want to get Fios, the condo board said, oh, but we made a deal with, uh, you know, with Time Warner Cable, which was right. the other, which was the other provider. And we're getting you better prices, which as far as we could tell, they weren't getting us better prices or anything. Right. So, you know, I can imagine the same problem being, hey, okay, we're not allowed to get this other wired service, but I suppose you won't mind if I just go put a satellite up on the top of the condo. I mean, that's another problem where you're going to have to deal with your condo association. If, if, if it's, it's if like it's a within, apartment situation. If it's within your, uh, within your box, uh, it is federally illegal for them to prevent you from doing it. You can't put you, it on the roof. You, can you just put it by your window? Absolutely. Oh, so you can just put it by your window? Yep. Oh, well, that, then that, I guess they can't stop you. If you want to have to put it on the roof, then you're fine. Yep. If you can put situation. it on your, if you can put it on your porch or if you're on the first floor and you can stick it into the ground or whatever, so long as it's within your box, uh, federal law prohibits them from uh, stopping you. But, nice. I mean, let's not forget also that 5G at home is something that sure. will, mm -hmm. that is happening, that is a similar situation that is happening, although it's not happening to the, there's not a lot of people who can get it right now. And yeah. like there's maybe what, 10, 20 million, 30 million who are eligible to get it. But I certainly still, can't, I tried. Uh, but still, it's something Dang. that is, you know, what, as they build out capacity, that might also be a way around uh, IS right. wired ISP problems. And you know, the we've talked on this topic in the past. The the you know p part of the problem with something like FiOS or cable or something like that, and the reason why like rural areas have had such trouble getting decent speeds is because small numbers of people, large expenditure. But when it comes to something like the LTE. Of course, they're going to put it in, right? Because the cellular carriers have a different incentive for having coverage because it's a constant use capability with phones and with, you know, IoT devices. There's a lot more potential for, for devices in there and for, for making some money back on the expenditure, especially when you take into consideration that the installation could be isolated on a, on a small tower. Um, so that plus these new satellite options, you know, we're we're really starting to see some some strong competition to to hardwire, and that applies to a lot of people, condos and apartments and rural areas. It's one of the reasons why Facebook was originally doing this R and D, and they've changed their their philosophy currently. Uh, they're working with partners like. I don't know the name, but I don't know how to pronounce the company. E U T E L S A T. Uh, Udelstat? I don't know. But they're working <laughs> with companies like that 
um, to try and work on infrastructure uh, situations uh, for rural communities in particular, uh, which is where the satellites came from. And now they're working with partners, which Amazon might be one. So. I like the idea. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the potential problems that can come along with it. But I like the idea. I mean, if if it's good, sustainable internet connection mm-hmm. and it allows you to, you know, kind of get these connections in these places that are normally difficult to uh, to get a good connection mm-hmm. and or in places where there's no choice or that. And that's a big thing that just should not be a thing. we we should have we should have choices i mean even just you telling your story abram they're like oh well you know we're getting you the best price it's like stop (laughs) i should be able to get whatever i want you know it should it should be my choice exactly so So. this is this is overall consumer choices are is always good Although I, I do have to question whether people will feel comfortable having Amazon as their ISP. That sure is a good question. Yeah. Of course, the question exists for uh, Facebook having been their ISP, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both of those are just companies <laughs> I, I'm not sure I would love to be my ISP. Sure. I feel like there's there ought to be a little bit of separation there. Yeah. Amazon yeah. is it's hooks into so many parts of your life already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you're right. I but, mean, you know, competition for Starlink, right? Because Starlink is currently going to be the only game in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, creating competition for them, I think is a good thing. Um, you know, putting some pressure from Starlink and Amazon on T-Mobile, AT&T and Verizon, I think is a good thing. I think having, more competition will only push everybody to uh, to try and be better. It's what happened with, with T-Mobile, right? T-Mobile was basically underground there before John Legere took over, and now they are the ones that bought Sprint. When all the talks before John Legere took over were the other way that Sprint was going to buy T-Mobile. And they scared AT&T and Verizon, and business models changed uh, so, you know, we might see that kind of, of massive shift here, and I think it would be a good thing. So we'll, we'll see uh, what their timeline ends up looking like. Like I said, as of right now, uh, the FCC and NASA seem to have an agreement for 2023 on these satellites, but now they own some stuff. So maybe things will change. They'll want to speed up their process. We will see uh, what happens next. Yay, competition. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. (laughs) You know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more. Uh, You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, get free games and a free Twitch subscription, which you can use to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a whole lot more. We have quick links to all these features and more. A free 30-day trial if you are not already a member. The ability to give it as a gift 
Uh, and all of that and more is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. I'm a primer. Are you? We all are. <laughs> In fact, we talk about... <laughs> We talk about stuff to watch on was, Prime Video together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, all the time. I was very disappointed, though, because I was looking for, this is really meta, but I was looking for some primer paint, and I couldn't find a good deal on primer paint that could be shipped by Prime. <laughs> that sounds like a crime. That well, really sounds yeah. like a crime. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Anyway, so after talking about Prime, let's talk about Netflix. Uh, yeah. So um, what, shortly after Netflix introduced their profiles feature, seemingly now an eon ago, uh, they introduced kids' profiles, which were a great idea. They limited the content that's available um, down to just kid-friendly content. Um, but there have been a couple of issues with the implementation. Uh, getting a, a good watch list requires uh, jumping through some hoops uh, because of the locked down nature of the kids' profiles. Uh, it also requires going to a web browser. And it, anyway, they have a plan. Netflix has a plan. Um, they're actually going to start emailing parents uh, a biweekly uh, watch list. Which gives a couple of things. One, it allows you to keep an eye on what your kids are watching, maybe when you're not in the room. Uh, but more importantly, it can give you a little bit of insight into them, right? They're not always going to be themselves entirely around their parents or, you know, we've all got different faces for different people. Uh, so perhaps maybe your kids are watching a lot of robotics stuff and they're not quite as... Uh, obvious about it as Avram's son is and you're finding out <laughs> about their interest that in robotics be on Netflix though that would be on Netflix <laughs> true that <laughs> that's a lot of YouTube it's not it that would be on YouTube yeah thing. but, but yeah, you know I, I get your point but maybe they're watching you know educational content in a particular area or they're re-watching a certain episode of a of a show that has a particular topic you can learn a little bit that way plus uh, maybe get some suggestions on related content uh, that might be that might be good uh, for them to watch. Or you can find, honestly, this isn't Netflix's point, but if you know the kinds of things that they're watching, you know you can uh, find related content on you know Prime Video or Hulu or something like that. Uh, plus, they're gonna give uh, related non-Netflix content, stuff like uh, uh, coloring sheets that are specifically from properties that they may have been watching that are printable and then uh, uh, colorable. They're, they're really looking for, for ways to keep uh, parents and kids engaged and giving kids new ways to engage with content, which I think is a really great idea um, just overall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, in... Uh... So I'm looking right now at the kid profile. Uh -huh. um, I have I have to say that I'm probably not doing the parenting thing right with this because <laughs> my son doesn't like he the thing either we watch things on Netflix we never use the kid profile so that's okay. 
in order to actually take advantage of this, you would need to use the kid profile. Uh, what what we end up doing is either if there's something on Netflix we would watch together, then we watch together. It's on my profile, and then um, there was one show that he watched by himself, which is the Captain Underpants show, and and. And that he just said, like, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to find the Captain Underpants show. And I was tired. I'm like, fine, whatever. Find your Captain Underpants show. And I'm sure he went through my profile to do it. But, okay. um, but if you look at what they have on the kid profile, I mean, it's all so innocuous, mm. uh, which is, I guess, what you want for kids. But, um, you know, I guess I wouldn't call any of this educational. Like the okay. things that they mm -hmm. recommend, because I would say mine is pretty generic because we haven't really used it. So, sure. so it, what it, what's it recommending? Let's see, uh, Boss Baby back in business, which mm -hmm. which is the Boss Baby show. Mm -hmm. uh, iCarly, Johnny Test, the original iCarly or Coco, the new one? Uh, new one's got swears in it. Two two seasons. I don't know. That sounds like the old one. Yeah, because the new Coco one would be on the services. Sorry, continue. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, you know, it just, it. Uh, I mean, they're all fairly, fairly new and innocuous shows. They have the top 10 on here, which are which Coco is also Melon. New. Mm -hmm. Yes. So now you can see that other kids are watching the same stuff. Coco Melon, Johnny Test, Ridley Jones, Kung Fu Panda 2. Well, Kung Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2. Okay. Um, Wish Dragon, which I never heard of. Boss Baby Back in Business. Miracles and Rainbow Rangers. Rainbow um, Rangers? Rainbow Rangers is a show that is on Nickelodeon. Um, okay. That I know about because my kids are always watching uh, Nickelodeon. So the... <laughs> Oh, wow. They have a weird... So the categories they have here are uh, new releases, get gems for you, spooky stories, mystery from books, adventures, friends, animated, funny, girl power. Under okay. girl power, they have Star Trek Voyager. I didn't realize Star Trek Voyager was considered kids. But I guess why not, right? Well, with... With the uh, with the Captain Janeway animated series coming to Nickelodeon, I can understand yeah. where that connection is being made. I don't know that I agree, yes. but I see where the connection is being made. Maybe they planted the seed mm -hmm. by putting that there. Yeah. That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Also, the new Lost in Space show, or you know, new under Lost in Space that's show. under girl power. No, that's under. Oh, okay. That's on under. Okay. I'm just saying that's under action. No. But, I was gonna say, um, there's something about Will that, that I missed in action, that show. I also thought that that show was a little bit grown up, but I don't know. I um, agree. Just because it for, stars a kid but, doesn't mean it's a kid's but, show, right? I think the other question is like you know, kids. Kids is a very broad term, right? Mm -hmm. There's, yes. there's, I have. For, for those who, who haven't seen uh, me talk about this before, I have a two-year-old and a nine-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what what is appropriate for, well, they end up watching the same stuff right now. But 
theoretically what's appropriate for one is not appropriate for the other or actually i would show my two because i'd show my two-year-old much more stuff than i'd show my nine-year-old <laughs> i'm kidding but, but i'm sort i'm sort of kidding because you know she's two years old so if i sit there yeah. and i watch a movie that has a lot of violence in it or whatever in front of her it's like she doesn't know what's going on so yeah she's like wow well, i'm know, a baby <laughs> yeah Not you know but... if you're a kid below a certain age then what uh but she certainly knows her shows right sure um but um if i'm sitting there watching like law and order SV, svu in front of her she's like just sitting there like eating whatever she doesn't know what what it's about so it's right, not like sure. affecting her but if my son the was context is way outside of her her realm right, of right. understanding he, he would have a lot of questions that sure. i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to to talk about so <laughs> sure. so you know it it's um i don't know there's there's a lot of um i mean there's a lot of subtlety in like what's good for kids and what's not good for kids uh i mean yes i guess i would want to report but i would more so want to have communication with my kids in the first place right. about what it was they were watching rather than getting a surprise on the other hand the way my son consumes youtube stuff um but he always asks but it's like you know um i'm sure other parents have been there he's like hey can i watch this uh vi- this this video with mario and luigi on it on youtube We're like okay but then you know we don't sit there and screen every moment right beforehand so it is you know it is a challenge everything that is on netflix obviously has been screened to a point mm-hmm. um i personally like for kids stuff because it's stuff i enjoy hbo max because okay. uh hbo max has all the old cartoons mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that i grew up with so this morning my son and i were watching the jetsons right nice. they have yeah. they have the original scooby-doo original jetsons original all the warner brothers cartoons going back to the original Bugs bunny like not nice. new they have some new ones too they have like mm-hmm. newer generation of those things but if you want to see like the first episode of scooby-doo from 1969 you can see it right. so that's pretty know, cool actually uh, so i prefer as the parent i kind of prefer that stuff but you know i realize what kids are are watching today they're watching more <laughs> uh more things like this uh but the still are more fast-paced um, nowadays <laughs> yeah fat yeah fast-paced boring <laughs> uh, nowadays they do stuff with cartoons though that i don't think that they did as much when we were kids which is that they try to make them interactive even though you mm-hmm. know obviously it's still a tv talking to you and so my daughter's still fooled by that mm-hmm. so like blues clues she will watch mm-hmm. the, the the current blues clues and they'll be like so do you want to join our band and she'll be like yeah <laughs> like and then at the end of the sh- she was watching it today and at the end of the show like they're like so long and she waved at the tv she's like Aww. hi oh that's oh, so adorable yeah. like, oh that's so cute see but, i was a uh, jaded little kid by the time uh, <laughs> i was seeing those clues right i was just like mm. <laughs> don't talk to me but i like this show <laughs> keep going <laughs> yeah continue so, right i already yeah. had a cigar in my hand uh, and I'm like, what is this yeah. I, mean, 
I feel like they're more conscientious about you know trying to cater to parents these days uh, because they're you know look every generation is more protective of their kids than the prior one and that's yeah. probably for the best so you know people are very conscientious now about what their kids are watching to the mm -hmm. point where i don't know if either of you have seen this but when you watch nickelodeon nick at least nick jr which is what my kids watch all day long mm -hmm. before every show they give you like a rundown of like why this show is good for you which is really weird interesting like, i've never like, seen anything they're like that gonna before. play like before they air every show they're like so and each play date with peppa pig they say it's like a play date but just if they're watching the episode of peppa pig your kids will learn to appreciate the world around them and have a respect for nature or something like all these things when it's just like a pig running around like look come on values right i mean could you imagine if they did that with tom and jerry on each play date with Tom and Jerry, you will watch, you will watch learn about each, mortality, learn all about friendship as they, as they blow each other up. So well, they kind of did that with PBS cartoons though. Right. Except for they came at the end. It was like, you went through <laughs> what? I, yeah. Yeah. It was already too late. It was like, you know, they would go and do their thing and someone died. And then you're like, Oh, this is terrible. And they're like, see, and this is why you shouldn't play with batteries. And <laughs> you know, like, oh, like, like GI Joe. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't like do that. The more, you know, yeah. to, that's NBC. Yes. I have to <laughs> Never mind. say that that is one of the, I have to say they don't really do that anymore. And I appreciate it because it was such a guilt trip every time. <laughs> On all of those shows, right? It was always like, don't play with your neighbor's dog. Don't do mm -hmm. it. Like, don't do anything. You'll lose an eye. Like, all this stuff. And they don't give you that you. kind of guilt. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't, right. They don't give you any, they don't do that kind of uh, moralizing at the end of uh, the end of the shows anymore. But, uh, oh. yeah, you don't want to be scared of a, of a big dog with a magnifying glass <laughs> coming to, Investigate your murder or whatever weird stuff McGruff was up to. He, he was, oh, McGruff, they, yeah. They yeah. never, they never talked about the types of crime that he was worried about, but they heavily implied, and there are things we can't talk about on this show. It's probably the reason why they were heavily implied and not said outright. He'll come right through that door. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not uh, fighting McGruff. McGruff scared yeah. me. This. <laughs> He was a yeah. business dog. They don't dog. do that kind of moralizing on, on kids' TV anymore, for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and the PSAs more are more about anti-smoking and your friends melting into have... a couch or whatever in the world that commercial was about. They still don't um, realize that those uh, things have the opposite effect. But, know. you know, whatever. Yes, they do. On, on the channels my kids watch, they don't have that because I guess they're too young to mm -hmm. give them that kind of a, that kind a, of a complex... It's a real bad idea. Um, it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Media is complicated. So, yep. TV is complicated. Watching, finding out what your kids do is... Uh, I mean, okay, it's good to get an email, but I, I still think... I still think the best thing that parents... Could, like, the emails to save you from going and looking at their history. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, better, better than that. Now, I think when you get up to like teenagers or like tweens 
that's when you might they might have a level of independence where you'd be more interested in this. Agreed. Because that's um, when some of the more complicated uh, topics kind of come in. But, it's also when know. they don't want to watch TV with mom and dad. Yep. Yes. Yes. Probably yep. so. So, yeah, I could I could see that, but then I wouldn't necessarily call that kids because if you look into the kids' profile, it's like really mm. you know, it's elementary school mm. uh, kids, whereas you're probably getting into like if you're worried about kids getting like more adult content that you'd want to discuss with them, then you're talking about, I think middle school mm-hmm. to high school. Yeah. Well, agreed. At, at least in that case, uh, looking at the, <laughs> the watch history is a little easier because there's no hoops to jump through. You can just go to a profiles, watch history, but here's a, Here's a fun bit of trivia before we end. Uh, did you know that the Jetsons take place in about 40 years? Oh, <laughs> Ooh, we got a lot really? of catching up to Yeah, we, we got to yeah, get yeah. ready for uh, whatever uh, disaster forced them to build their houses up in the sky. There's a fun fan theory that the Jetsons and the Flintstones take place at the same time. I, I saw that the, one, the Flintstones are just the ones that are left down on the ground. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Right? Isn't it good? <laughs> we, my we my still son, can't. by the way, loved the, sh- loved the show. It's hard not to. It. We put, yeah. I put, but a lot of times I'll show him old things and they'll, it just the pace and the music of it won't yeah. be like as fast paced as he's used to. But he loved it because, you know, robot. Like, he didn't love it for the reasons that I loved it. I was yeah. like, oh, this is funny. And revisiting it as an adult, I was like, oh, this is a very interesting either demonstration or critique of, like, the 1950s family. Uh-huh. The way that, you know, it's very, it's, like, very, very late 50s, early 60s family type of thing. But, right, yeah. But then you, but, like, he's not looking at it that way. He's looking at it as, like, oh, blind car. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It makes it makes you wonder how they see it because I know as a me as a kid watching the uh, uh, the Jetsons, I was like, we're so far from any of this, yeah, you know. And now we still can't get a car to drive itself. <laughs> yep, yep. But but yeah, you know, his, but Beta Ten just came out for the Teslas. But we're <laughs> but we're a lot closer to you know a lot of that technology i'm pretty sure we could get things to look like how they do in the justice now sure um, but we could build a house on a stick we want to i don't know eh. we have we have treadmills and airports yeah <laughs> yeah just not he, on the outside of the house to build a rosy he specifically wanted to build a rosy robot he sure said, can we make a robot like that with raspberry pi and a 3d printer <laughs> Oh man! Oh, see now he's starting to put the pieces together. That's a smart kid. Yeah, that's a really smart kid. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv/slash/join us. Uh, next week will be an exception to that because we will be 
at uh, MetroCon all next weekend. If you follow us over on Twitch, we will be going live uh, from the Haddo setup, uh, showing off what we're doing over there on our Twitch channel. So definitely follow us over there, Plug Hits Live. Uh, if you weren't, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Uh, all of our content is available by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows uh, and all of the different ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Again, no show next week because of MetroCon, um, but we should be back if, oh, unless I am missing a holiday in my head. Uh, we should be back on uh, August 1st with a new show. And with that... Uh, until then, uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm, I'm Alante. That's it. Now you, Abram. Oh, I'm Abram. <laughs> we did. didn't practice okay. that. Yeah, we didn't practice that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought anyway, was in the middle. That's okay. Yo, that's, that's true. What I was you thinking are in too. the middle. That's, that's what, true. That's why I hesitated your, too. Your name's in the show, though. So I wanted yeah. to bookend. Anyway, <laughs> until the next episode, ciao. Peace.